So, so we've been going through, yeah, this spiritual transformation issue. I just speak from the theme of remaining in the workyard. Look at your neighbor and say, remain in the workyard. And we remind ourselves of that uh, thing to remain in the workyard. I want to pick on today as we start, this, uh, I think from where we last ended, actually last Sunday, the idea that God is renewing life through salvation in Christ God is renewing life through salvation. The purpose, the point of being saved is so that there may be a renewal process in my life, in your life. And that hopefully we're able to take that into the environment. Uh, Spaces of life, we call them spaces of life. Use the kingdom humanity language, spaces of life that are in. So the point is that you and I go through renewal in our own heart, in our own lives. Take that renewal process, a dynamic space of life where God has planted you and I. Okay, the space of life that, that you go to, whether that space is family or school or workplace, um, it's going through what Romans 8 says, futility, are wasting away. The Bible says creation is wasting away. There's a decaying that's happening. And so you and I have a, will bring a dynamic of renewal into the environment the species of life. But that is not possible until you and I have first gone through renewal ourselves. We need to renew in our own hearts. So, so God, the point of salvation is this, is that uh, through salvation, God wants to renew life. Why must God renew life? Because sin entered into our hearts, into our lives, and into our environment, and there has been decay since the sin of the first man, Adam. Um, I want to read the scripture that I read in, during CPI, last CPI in Ephesians 5, looking at God's method of renewal. Ephesians 5. This scripture is a scripture that we normally read for, for marriages, MPF sessions. But actually, Ephesians 5 is not just about marriages in men, women, uh, women, husband and wife. It is the marriage of Christ and the church does speak about the relationship between Jesus and his church. So in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27. Now, if you've never read the scripture and thought, ah, this scripture is for the married people, no, you're actually mistaken. Uh, the scripture is for all of us. The church describes, yes, marriage, but it draws from the relationship between Jesus and the church to outline how marriage should be conducted, which means a bigger issue is the issue of Jesus and the church. And let's read that. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved, also loved the church. I'm reading from the New King James. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the word. Let's say that together. Washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So the method of renewal. Are we saying that God is renewing or is, you know, he's renewing life through salvation in Christ Jesus, but there's a method of renewal and the method of, of, of renewal is the washing of water by the word. The washing, and that, that's, 
chapter highlights the significance of the word of God in our lives. Instruction of the spirit. That word word there, you know, there's two words uh, that are translated word in, the, in our English, New Testament English Bible. Uh, one is logos and now the other is rema. And this word is rema. Washing of water by the rema, by the sp- spoken word of God. So we are not just talking about you sitting alone reading scripture. We're talking about the activation, the inspired word of God is what washes you and I. When the spirit of God brings out of scripture a thought from God, when the word of God is preached like we are preaching this morning, uh, that is what washes you and I, which means that we want to expose ourselves to the inspired word of God, the, the, the spoken word, the rhema of God. Uh, I think Romans says, faith comes by hearing, by the word of God, by the realm of God. So we know that the realm of God, the spoken word, triggers faith, but also the spoken word, according to the scripture, washes us. You know, you know this morning you had a bath, hopefully, uh, you had a bath. And we can't assume these things. <laughs> We can't assume these things. What do you think, Joshua? You know, well, we can't assume these things. So, <laughs> so you had a bath and you know, you put perfume and you know, whatever that you do to decorate your body. That's a way of taking care of our bodies. But actually, to take care of our spiritual life, we need the word, the rhema of God, the spoken word, the inspired word of God. The rhema is one God takes out of scripture and brings to revelation. And causes a staring in your heart and mind. Is that convicting word of God in the moment? That is what washes you and I. When God convicts you, when God convicts me, that is what washes our hearts. That is what facilitates the renewal process within our own hearts. So this is God's method of, of dealing with us. It is by his word, which means that in this church, we will always highlight and you know, hold with high regard, the word of God. Because the word of God is God's method of, 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 of cleansing, of renewing. There is no other method that has been given to man, that has been given to church, other than the method of the word of God. The word of God washes us. And so it says here that, that um, washing of water by the word, God is sanctifying us and cleansing, cleansing us. The washing of water by the word, that we might become a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Or another translation would say spot, wrinkle, or, and blemishes. In other words, he's, 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 he's moving us from a, one particular state of life to another. The goal of the faith is a state of life. The goal of the faith is a state of life. I want to talk about renewal of, 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 of life. Is that the goal of the faith is a state. It's not a bunch of activity. The goal of the faith is It's not a bunch of activity, which means that we need to measure ourselves, LSA, by who we are becoming and not by what we're doing. The goal of the faith is state of life, not a collection of activities, which means that we need to build a church environment in which we measure ourselves by who we are becoming 
and not by what we are doing. And you know, uh, churches have always have any church organization, any church community always have to wrestle with the temptation of 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 program and activity intensity. And yes, we have things that we need to do in God. And there are missional activities that the Lord will give us, assignments. But if the goal of the faith is a state, a glorious church, uh, a state of life, then we need to measure ourselves by who we are becoming and not by the quantity and the scale of our activity. Uh, the problem with that is, of course, you and I live in a world in which people do measure themselves by the scale of activity. There's nothing wrong with activity. Do stuff. Um, uh, but, but, but we do have to always, in doing stuff, always get back to the understanding, the measure of spiritual progression is not how much I'm doing. It's in who I'm becoming. It's not in how much I'm doing. It's in who I am becoming. And we want to build a kind of church environment where that thrives. Um, so the church itself as a community must help each one of us to always get back to the lane of becoming. Yeah? Uh, and not one simply of performance. Measure ourselves by who we are becoming, not by the quantity and scale of our activity. This is so very important. It also means, LSA, that our sense of meaning. Life. So you woke up this morning, sitting in this meeting, and probably thinking about your life. If you were to reflect your life and, and have, get onto this journey of making sense of life. Is there meaning to your sense of meaning has to connect to who you're becoming and not who you are becoming. Who am I becoming? The process of becoming is what determines sense of meaning in life. Sense of, you know, am I worth something? God, in the beginning, said, let's make men in our image and our likeness. And, and we are image carriers. And that's, that's a purpose. The first purpose of human life is to be the image carrier. That's what it is. Before we would take on the world and, and take on creation and, and rule over, the first purpose was what? That they would have the image of God. And so when we're doing things without the element of the image of God, that's where we have this disconnect and we feel the sense of, I, I, I don't know what's the meaning of life. I don't know if I'm I'm achieving something in life. And, and, and oftentimes the question, am I achieving something, is connected to, am I becoming like God? And, and, and we know that the promise of the enemy was, you will become like God. Genesis chapter 3. And, but the, the pathway was wrong. It was an incorrect door uh, through the pathway of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was supposed to be the, through the the, the, the pathway of the tree of life, of relationship with God, not a bunch of activity. Our sense of meaning in life must proceed from a process of becoming. Uh, we measure ourselves by who we are becoming and not by what we're doing. Sense of meaning in life must proceed from a process of 
timing. This is so important. It therefore means that the point of ministry, of any church ministry, is to alter the state of human life. It's not just to you know, launch people into a bunch of activities. It's to alter, it's to disrupt. Church, a good church disrupts people's state of so we should welcome that when the state of my life is being disrupted by the word of God, by the way things are done, by the, the process of building, that is actually a good thing. Uh, the point of church ministry is so that our state of life may be disrupted. My heart, my, 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 my personal life, my, my manhood, my womanhood. Uh, my life has to be disrupted. If I'm in church, I should accept the fact that I'm on a journey of disruption. I need to be disrupted in order to become like God. I need to be challenged out of the comfort of carnality and the flesh and sin into a place called the image of God. And that does not happen without an element of disruption. Look at Jesus. And in his ministry, he's all everyday disrupting life. And people around him are upset. Yeah? I mean, it was impossible to be around Jesus. If you are around Jesus, you either repenting or upset. Do you, you know that? Yeah, I, it's only two realities. When you study Jesus, and look, go back to the gospel. The people around him are either always being challenged repentance or being challenged to offense. There was never a place where you could be on the fence about. And, and that's, that's so, so important. The goal of the faith is a state of life. It's not a bunch of activity. If that's the goal, then the process must be about becoming. It can't be about activity. And in saying that, I'm not saying that we don't engage in missional assignments and activities, but the point of those is to always bring people back. What is the mission? To facilitate transformation in human life. Yep. Yep. So, 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 um, I was, when I was reflecting on this and I was thinking about the instances in the word of God, people ask the question, what shall we do? You know, that's, that's, that's the human question, right? What shall we do? And they ask Jesus the question. They ask the, the apostles the question, the early church in Acts chapter 2. What shall we do? What shall we do? Let's read that. Let's read in John chapter 6 when Jesus is talking to the crowd and they ask this question, what shall we do? What shall we do? It's a human question. Have you been in a party in a social setting and people ask, what do you do? Yeah? And, and people try to assess your, your, and frame your identity based on what you do. What do you do? Uh, we live in a world of diaries, strategic actions, of to-do lists, of, we think in this, in, our brain is wired around activity. What do, you, what do you do in John chapter 6, in verse 28? Then they said to him, what shall we do? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus, in verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. You believe. So, and so the response of Jesus to the question, what shall we do, is a, faith, is a question of her faith. Yeah? He throws the, the answer back to the state of their heart. 
the state of their belief. Because well, before we get into the outer expressions of activities, let's look into the state of your conviction. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work. This is the work of God that you believe, that you believe. Look at the neighbor and say, you believe. In other words, you step into a realm of conviction that launches you in God in the process of personal transformation. You believe in him, you look up to him, and you step into a space of righteousness. You align with the qualities of God, the requirements of God. The same question is asked in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 uh, to, 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 to 39, 37 to 38. It says here, when uh, early church uh, preaches, when Peter is preaching to, to people gathered in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the people of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. What shall we do? Repent. Enter. Then what is that all? Is that all takes? It is, it is a change of heart and of mind. It is, a, it is a process of personal change in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it what? This is about, this is what you're launching us into, a process of change. What shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The work, according to Peter, began with repentance. And we know that repentance is about change, right? Uh, so, so in both instances, where the question is asked, and that's a human question, what shall we do? People always looking for a thing to do. In some sense, there's nothing wrong with that. We want, but we don't want that to be the primary focus of our faith. We want the process of becoming to be the primary focus of my faith. This personal transformation that the Lord is taking you and I. So he is facilitating renewal through salvation. What shall you believe? What shall we do? Repent. What shall we do? Work of the heart. And it's a work of becoming something in the Lord. And so we're saying out of Ephesians 2 verse 10, I am the work before I do. I am the work before I do the work. Let's say that together. I am the work or do the work. So what shall I do? I need to change. Amen. What shall we do? We need to change. We need to repent. That's the first action that launches us to the ultimate state in God. The ultimate position. The, ultimate, the outcome is a state, not, a, not an activity. Until we become. So how do we build a church environment? The leadership, pastoral, eldership question becomes one where how do you build a church environment that emphasizes that? An environment in which people the process of becoming. In a world where value is around activity. Where even in church, value can be about around activity. And I will relate 
you know, teach other either based on the gift you have or the thing you do vocationally or the kind of business that you have. Question is, how do we launch into the work of becoming as we launch into the works of God? And yes, we shall do the works. So, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are the work before we do the work. There's a progression I want to bring to your attention inside of the scripture. We are God's. Say, I'm God. Then we are the work. I am the work. Then we are to do. So, so we are God's, uh, the workmanship of God, and we're created. To. So the progression has three components inside the scripture. One, the first one is relationship. I am God's. We are God's. God to emphasize and build the kind of church environment that emphasizes devotion. It's been lost in church. Devotion. My first value is around my relationship with God. I am God's. That's the first thing about me. I am God's. Then I am God's workmanship, which means that the second issue about my life is spiritual formation. The first issue in my life is relationship with God. The second issue in my life is spiritual formation in God, because I am the work. And then the third issue in my life is productivity. I do the work. The first issue inside of my life is I am God's as relationship with God. Value. I, I need to defend my relationship with God. What are the things that will up that relationship? Yeah? It's maybe things like sin. It's all sorts of stuff. And so what does it take to defend to defend my relationship with God at all costs. Because the first thing inside of that matrix in Ephesians 2 verse 10 is that I'm God's, emphasizes my relationship with the Lord, and then I am the work, my spiritual formation in God, and I'm doing the works, which is productivity. The world starts with what? Productivity. Start with productivity. It means that that's the, that's the mix. You want to get that mix correct in your life, in my life. With God and with people around you. Relationship first, formation second, productivity third. That order. Relationship first, formation second, productivity third. That order. It means that when we are building friendships and are coming alongside each other, Relationship first, formation second, productivity third. It means that we want to be building the kind of friendship environments in which people can, you know, that, that allow people to thrive in spiritual formation. The thing that we infect one another with is this idea that I'm going through spiritual formation. Inside of our marriages, it should be the same thing. So we can either have identity on the basis of formation or identity on the basis of performance. In the world, we have identity on the basis of performance, right? What do you do? That's a common question. And yeah, we do a bunch of things. Yeah, we do have things that we do. But that's not the basis of my identity. 
identity, who I am, I'm, I'm a carrier of the image of God. Let's make man our image and our likeness. If I lose the image and gain the works, I have lost it. Yeah? If I lose the image and gain the works, then I'm done. Yeah. The faith that we have received in Jesus is not a faith of performance. It's a faith of formation. Spiritual. Faith that we have received in Jesus is not a faith of performance. Is a faith of spiritual formation. Let's read the last scripture. Pray and then it's going to be done in Romans chapter 10. This is 5 to 11. 5 to 10. Romans chapter 10. Paul is describing for us the kind of faith that we have received. Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. It's performance based. Right? The man who does these things will live by them. The faith of Moses is performance-based. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Or what does it say? The word is near you, is in your mouth and in your heart, that the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is your mouth, uh, with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That word confess is a big It means to acknowledge, to confess, to, 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 to align yourself with the desire of another. So the work that you and I have, you know, the word righteousness, and by the way, Righteousness means to align to the requirements of a higher authority. So the process of righteousness is a process of personal transformation towards a place of alignment with the nature of God. When we are righteous, we have come to that place of alignment with God. And so here it says, if you confess, not just meaning simply a sinner's prayer, it is an ongoing process of if God places a desire, a conviction in me, I will yield myself. That's what confession, the confession principle is that. It is, it is an ongoing reality. But the faith of Moses is one of performance. So be careful. When you're in, you're in an environment where people, people's identity and sense of affirmation is based on what people do, and you know you're in, in an environment of death. We've got you Find yourself in environments where people pull with a sense of high regard the value of transformation, of spiritual transformation in the Lord. Amen. If you confess, if you align yourself to what God requires of you in terms of your nature, if you would constantly step into righteousness in that sense, righteousness, the requirements of an authority that is higher, then you, then you're stepping into newness in God. And when we step into newness, then things are aligned. Things, you know, we have peace. The shalom of God comes into our heart. Have you, have you met people that are doing a whole bunch of things, but they don't have peace? They lack, they lack alignment. 
maybe, maybe, maybe some of us feeling like that. Like things are all over. Things scattered. Things out of alignment. Things out, out of sync. Inside of my own heart. And we want to come to that place of confession, of alignment with the requirements of a higher authority. Of the higher authority in our case, that's Jehovah, that's God, that's Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. He brings alignment inside of your heart, inside of my heart, that there may be peace in you and in me. We will never have peace in performance. Peace is in becoming. Amen.